Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun, getting along, and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Welcome into Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. I'm Joe Brand. Blackhawks Live, the only show that can come to you earlier and later than expected, all in the same show. Congratulations to the Northwestern Wildcats. A big win over Georgetown. Now 3-0 on the season. That is why we are starting the show a little bit later today, but we also told all of you that we'd be starting at 8 o'clock, and here we are a little bit earlier after the Cats just took care of business quite quickly. Thanks for tuning in. If you... We're able to catch last night's game. Not the best game for the Hawks against a tough opponent, though, in the Carolina Hurricanes and falling victim to a shutout from the young goaltender Pyotr Kachetkov, who everyone had a fun time pronouncing in yesterday's game. But 27 saves for the 23-year-old. He becomes the third goalie in Carolina-slash-Hartford Whalers history to pick up his first shutout Uh, Before his 24th birthday, how about this? The leader in that category, Cam Ward, who also spent a year with the Blackhawks in between the pipes as well. He had five shutouts before his 24th birthday. But the interesting thing about Kachetkov is he also was pretty successful with the Chicago Wolves last year and a little bit this year, too. So uh, he has had a lot of success in Chicago, uh, despite not being part of the Blackhawks organization. But again, the Blackhawks just trying to move past what happened last night. It's a good Carolina team. There were some frustrating things like the Blackhawks' inability to get anything going offensively. But again, I don't think that's too much of a looming factor when you consider the team that they played. Uh, we do have a lot to get to in this show, and we're going to take you all the way up to 9 o'clock tonight. Again, we were only scheduled for an hour long, so we just got some bonus coverage here tonight. Uh, we're going to have Colby Cohen joining the show after the 8.30 news. Before the 8.30 news, we'll be talking to Vince of Sales Beverage World. If you haven't heard, Chris Chelios and I are going to be at Sales Beverage World next week for Blackhawks Live. That'll be on Monday. Chelios will be there signing some El Bandito Yankee tequila bottles. It'll be a fun, fun time. So uh, definitely keep your eyes and ears out for that. We've already been playing promos, but it should be a fun time. And if you can't make it, of course, it'll be right here on 720 WGN. I do want to go back to last night's game a little bit, and more specifically the post-game show, and just want to uh, promote our callers who are brave enough to, to join in on the post-game show. And again, we offer up the phone line, 312-981-7200, after every game. So if you have thoughts, if you were at the game or not, or you're just a big Blackhawks fan and have some things you want to get off your chest, we are giving you the invitation for that. This was Steve, who was not a fan of Kaylee Chelios and I's conversation about the office. I'll be honest, we got a little sidetracked because of the game that the Blackhawks had, so we thought, why not have a little bit of fun with it, considering the Kaylee Chelios had asked Jonathan Taves an office-themed question in her podcast. That's what it stemmed from. We had a little convo, we had a little fun with it, but uh, Steve from Chicago wasn't a big fan of it. He's on his way home from the United Center. He was at the game tonight, and he I believe he's got a critical guy he wants to bring up, Steve. Is that what you want to bring up? No, I'm not a critical person, but I would say that, and I know that it's not 2011 again and it's a rebuilding period, but I'm a little bit surprised by the lack of intensity 
really from the coaching staff. Three minutes to go. The Hawks have to score to make something happen. They're pinning Carolina in the zone, but they don't pull the goalie. The goalie stays in the net. That I don't like. Then there's no changing of the lines. Obviously, some of the guys are going pretty good tonight. Some of the guys are passengers, but the lines don't change. That's not the way an NHL team operates. And finally, we come out of the United Center. We just spent a lot of money to go to the game. And to hear you guys talking about the office when there's a game to talk about is really insulting. I love the Blackhawks. I love what you're doing. But let's keep in mind, this is an NHL team. Steve, I hear you. Hey, and listen, I I didn't bring up the office conversation thinking it was gold and thinking that nothing else matters. I will say it was in reference to a conversation that our own Kaylee Chelios had with Jonathan Taves. Really quick, I want to bring up, and I'll bring you back on in a second, because I, I think you bring up good points, but I will say that this is something that Luke Richardson has done so far. He has been patient with switching around the lines because he doesn't want to jump to conclusions so quickly. It took a really long time for that top line of Athanasiu, Kane, and Domi to figure some things out. It finally did, and I do think that patience is what allowed them to figure that out. Now, the coaching staff not being aggressive enough for pulling the goaltender I mean, Carolina made it look very difficult for the Blackhawks to get anything generated offensively all night long. I, and on top of that, they had a couple of power plays. Things looked good, but they weren't able to convert on that. So I'm not entirely sure how much that is going to matter. I, 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 I get it if you want to see a goal. I do. But do you think it's that necessary to get one goal down by three at that point with the way this game is going? Would, would you have been fine if they come out of this game 4 nothing, Are you more upset if they come out of this game, Steve, and we'll put you back on it? Are you more upset if you leave this game and they are down 4 nothing if they pull the goalie? Well, I mean, 3 nothing, 4 nothing doesn't matter, but you're trying to get a grab a point out of this. You pop a goal in with three minutes to go, something can happen here. But if you keep your goalie in the net, what are you telling your team? You don't think they can score? What are you telling the fans? We're trying to get Connor Bedard. We're not trying to win this game. I just think it's a... It's kind of a Dennis Savard coaching thing when Dennis Savard had David Kochi on the ice when Joe Sackett was on the ice. It just feels like we're outmatched. Do you feel this way with every game, though, Steve, or is this one the only one you feel that way? Well, this is the only game that I've seen live. I've only been watching the games on TV, and when you watch on TV, it's so myopic on the puck carrier. You don't see the guys away from the puck. You don't have a sense of the building. You can't watch the coaching staff while the game's going on. And so watching the game on TV is fun, but it's not as revealing as going to the game. I thought they were flat the entire game. I think you're right that the first line was doing good, but tonight, Athanasio wasn't on the line with uh, with uh, Kane. And, right, he was on uh, the second line. Kurashev. Right, right. Yeah, they he, moved Kurashev, and I think, listen, I think Kurashev's an okay player, but I don't think Kurashev moves the needle, and I think they're trying to make him in something that he's not. He's a third-line kind of an energy guy, kind of a little bit of skill, but it's pretty insulting to see the last few games of Patrick Kane's career with Kurashev on his line, to me. All right. Hey, Steve, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the enthusiasm. I appreciate the passion. I'm sorry about the office talk, but I, I wholeheartedly admit it was not fully just to sway the conversation. It did have a reason to it, okay? 
Oh, yeah, don't don't take anything personally. This is just a, a passionate hockey fan trying to get something going here. Hey, hey, when I read the screen, it said critical guy. I thought you wanted to talk about a critical guy on the Hawks. I didn't know you were the critical. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Appreciate it, Steve. Don't be a stranger. And uh, okay. dr- drive safely, okay? Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's Steve on his way home for the United Center. And that was a call from last night after the Blackhawks 3 nothing loss to Carolina. The other thing I just wanted to point out is you're down – to a very good team in Carolina, 3 nothing towards the end of the game. If pulling your goalie and scoring one goal is really going to do that for you, you still need two more goals after that. And it was hard enough for them to get one goal for almost the entire game. David Jennings has your news next. We've got plenty more on Blackhawks Live. Colby Cohen will be joining us and the owner of Sales Beverage World. You're listening to 720 WGN. I always forget that he says everyday gossip in the open there. Well, you know what? That's exactly what we're going to bring you in this segment. Welcome to Blackhawks Live. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live. Started a little bit earlier after Northwestern basketball took down Georgetown and uh, got a little bonus coverage here of Blackhawks Live. I'm Joe Brand as uh, we bring you everything tonight. Colby Cohen will be joining us after the 8.30 news. We're also going to be talking to Vince from Sales Beverage World as he'll be previewing and promoting next week's show as we're going to be sitting down with Chris Chelios. We'll be chatting with him on a live Blackhawks Live show. Uh, Chris Chelios will be giving out and signing his El Bandito Yankee tequila bottles, so it'll be a very fun night over at Sales Beverage World. And again, Vince, in about 15 minutes or so, will uh, join us and tell us what it's all about. Uh, Hawks coming off a 3 nothing loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Third time that they've been shut out this year. One of the few really rough performances for the Hawks. Again, it wasn't so much a lack of effort as possibly the Winnipeg game. Um, Carolina is a very good team. They made things very difficult for the Blackhawks to get anything going offensively. The Hawks actually played a more impressive first seven minutes of that game uh, over Carolina. I don't think the Hurricanes got a shot on goal till like just before seven minutes into the contest. So the Hawks were looking good, and even in that first period alone, they're they had a couple of power play opportunities. They were getting some things going, but just couldn't find the back of the net. And even Carolina's first goal of the game, again, not calling it a lucky goal. Carolina's a very good team. They manufacture traffic towards the net. They manufacture greasy goals. Um, but it wasn't much of a fault to the, to the Blackhawks' defense or at all their goaltender, Peter Mrazek. On that goal, it was credited to Jordan Martinook after Brent Burns had ripped a high slap shot from the high slot. And Martinook just got a stick on it. It almost looked like that could have been overturned with a high sticking penalty, but not quite the case as that allowed Carolina to grab a one nothing lead and then never look back from there. They made a 2 nothing before the end of the first period and then eventually a 3 nothing win. Some things we have been seeing from the Blackhawks lately, though, is Luke Richardson tinking, tinkering around with the top two lines. We've been talking about this for the past couple of games now with Andreas Athanasiu being moved to the second line, Philip Kurashev being moved up to the first line. And Philip Kurashev is a guy that the Blackhawks coaching staff is very high on this year. He's been on, I think, all four lines this season so far. But to put him up there on the top line, and even just the second line with Taves and Radish, is definitely uh, saying a lot. So Luke Richardson has been giving him a little bit more 
responsibility this year. He has said in the past that he's been pleased with Kurashev's confidence. It sounds like that was something he was told about heading into this year, that his confidence was up and down and oftentimes low. So now the matter at hand is to try to keep it high, and I think Richardson's been doing a good job of doing that. But uh, why don't we ask one of Kurashev's, in this case, former line mates, and Taylor Radish, because again, Kurashev being moved up to the top line with Domi and Kane. But uh, Taylor Radish has been a, a great piece for the Hawks this year. He's really been finding some good momentum with Jonathan Taves and everybody else on that second line. Here is what Taylor Radish had to say about those top two lines and Kurashev joining it. They're both great players offensively and both uh, play with a lot of speed. And yeah, I just feel like when we're, we're switching things up, it just gives us a different look. and kind of just switches up our offense a little so it's it's nice when you you play with both or both pretty easy to play with and both uh very dynamic so it's it's nice to have either one of them on your line he's just playing a lot more confident and he's uh he's kind of been fast on plays everywhere and just just really creating a lot offensively and playing a hard game defensively as well i feel like that's uh something he's he's brought this year and it's been uh, it's great to see and a great for, for a guy to have on your line for sure. Now, if you ask Steve, our caller from last night's postgame show that we played in the earlier segment before we went to the first break of this show, uh, he thinks that the coaching staff is maybe trying to force Philip Kurashev into something that he's not. I do think you're better off putting Kurashev in a situation where he has to showcase off his speed and puck handling skills. We saw a play earlier this year against Florida where he was able to just blow past a defender, just kind of turn it on and and get around. And uh, let's face it, part of that play was getting past a player that was um, dealing with a, a puck right to the ankle just earlier in the sequence of the play. But He is getting more confident out there in terms of what he is capable of doing. Happened to ask him straight up earlier this year if he thought that he was more confident this year, and he he said no, but he said that he has found himself with more opportunities to do what he feels he can do best. Now, if you ask the coaching staff, they say there's a difference in confidence for Philip Kurashev. Uh, score sheet, he has been silent as of late, but the Blackhawks as a whole offensively have had some trouble scoring some goals. Uh, let's see if we do the quick math. They've had just one goal. If you take out the Anaheim game last Saturday, and again, the Ducks are a very struggling team, but if you take out that Anaheim game and the Blackhawks' last three games, they've totaled just one goal, and that doesn't even include overtime against the L.A. Kings. So the offense has been a little depleted as of late. However, there are there is going to be growing pains with this team for still some time because of all the new faces that are on it and things that need to get figured out. We have seen a little bit of chemistry with the old top line of Athanasiu, Domi, and Kane. But again, there has been some switching around lately. So just expect not much more line shuffling to happen unless these struggles continue. Luke Richardson has been very patient with maneuvering his lines. He doesn't want to jump to conclusions. He doesn't want to put more pressure on players. And again, everyone is figuring things out this year. So I understand the impatience that people might have. But again, so far, Luke Richardson has had a pretty good feel of this locker room. So I think at the moment, he receives the benefit of the doubt. One guy that 
doesn't even need the benefit of the doubt. You just know who he is when he walks into the room, especially this year with the start that he's gotten off to, is Jonathan Taves. He won 82% of his face-offs in last night's game. He's a huge reason why the Blackhawks are the top team from the face-off circle in the NHL. And overall this year, Taves is off to the best start of his entire career as he's got a face-off percentage of 64.3. If he were to end right now, it would be a season high. His previous season high was last year at 59. Uh, I take that back. was the 2013 season at 59.9. But still, that's almost a full five percentage points higher than his previous career high. Jonathan Taves has said he does not feel like he's playing his best hockey of his career, even though he has gotten off to the best start. And this is another question we asked Taylor Radish if he has seen, if he can compare, rather, anything or anyone to what Jonathan Taves is doing from the faceoff circle right now. I've honestly never seen anything like it. I know I've never played with a world-class centerman before, I don't think. And, well, at least that's, that's played in multiple years in NHL. And, um, I can't even say multiple, a lot of years in NHL, but um, I feel like it's it's pretty crazy just the percentages you look at and how many draws he's actually taking per game and to keep that percentage. I think the last couple of games he's been above 80 or 90 or something like that, so it's pretty pretty remarkable and it's it's, it's helping our team out a lot. It's, it's a lot more fun when you're starting with the puck than, than chasing it for sure. Just know the, the plays are going to happen. You, you, you set up a play on the faceoff and you know exactly what to do because I guess at that, it's over 80% of the chance you're going to be able to kind of run the play you want because you're winning the draw. So it makes it a lot easier for us and just makes the wingers want to get in there that much more too just for him to be able to, even if he's going to tie a couple, you know it's going to be close just to win it for him just to um, start with the puck. So it's it's been cool to see and it's, it honestly makes it a lot of fun to, to, to play with a guy like that. Again, that's Taylor Radish talking about his captain, Jonathan Taves. By the way, Blackhawks Live is sponsored by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Vince from Sales Beverage World will tell us all about next week how you can meet Chris Chelios here on Blackhawks Live. 720 WGN. Next week could be your big shot to meet Chris Chelios. He'll be at Sales Beverage World with me for Blackhawks Live and, more importantly, for you, with his El Bandito Yankee Tequila. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. And we've got Vince Leota, president of Sales Beverage World, here on Blackhawks Live with us. Vince, I'm sorry, I got to ask, and you're probably tired of answering this question. Is there any relation to Ray? You know, there there isn't, actually. <laughs> okay, all right. I wish, I wish, I wish there was, but. Um... No. <laughs> oh, oh, just had to get that out of the way. I'm a big Goodfellas fan, so I just I had to get that out of the way. Uh, Vince Leota, again, the president of Sales Beverage World. Uh, your dad is Sale? Yeah, my dad's Sale. I appreciate you having me on. I, I appreciate you guys promoting the uh, event next week. Um, I hope to get uh, a good crowd out at the store. You know, Chris is going to be by at uh, 6 p.m., and he's going to start signing bottles. And I guess he's going to sign any, like, memorabilia, one per customer, if you guys want to get anything signed, too. Awesome. So that's, what I was, that's what I was told, so. No, for sure. Well, hey, you're the owner of the place. I think you could just make the rules if you wanted to. 
<laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I'm. I, I'm tell you what, I'm. I'm thrilled. We really appreciate you uh, teaming up with WGN to get this done, and uh, Chris Chelios as well. The El Bandito Yankee Tequila. It's quite the hit. We we love saying the reads on uh, the WGN radio broadcast every time a goal is scored. It's a, it's always brought to you by El Bandito Yankee Tequila. Is uh, have you tried it? I know I have. I'm fan. I'm a fan of it. Have you tried it? Yeah, I mean it's pretty good tequila, and you know we're going to be having a tasting. You could try the Blanco or the Reposado, you know, when you come to the store, you know, and uh, you know give it a try. I don't know if they're going to be making any different drinks with them. I think it's just going to be uh, single single serves, but uh, I think uh, I think it's pretty good tequila for the money. So absolutely, absolutely. So tell us about. Sales beverage world, what makes it stand out from all the other beverage worlds out there? Well, I mean, uh, we try to do our best in uh, selecting products, uh, wine and spirits that are uh, good quality. We, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of different bourbon store picks, which have been uh, tasting out really well. i got about six or seven that you could actually purchase at the store right now. You know, I got a Maker's Mark, a Knob Creek single barrel, uh, an Old Scout, and an Angel's Envy off the top of my head uh, that are all available, and they're all tasting out really nice. And uh, they're all single barrels, only available by us. And we tr- we try to do our best to keep uh, all the fresh, new local beers in stock as well. For you know, sure. That, so. <laughs> It's probably a whole new world out there now with, you know, it's it's no longer just Miller Lite and Bud Light these days. I mean, it's it's all different kinds of craft beers and IPAs. I'm sure it's tough to keep up with it all the time. Yeah, our, probably our biggest section in the store is just local breweries from throughout Chicago yeah. and the surrounding suburbs. You know, we get fresh beers from Phase 3, Hop Butcher, um, uh, St. Errant, and, you know, Mars every week, so... Uh, you know, it's quite. There's quite a bit to choose from on uh, just like day old beer. You know, it's you can't. You don't have to. You know, it's it's pretty. Uh, they're pretty fresh. So. Right, right. How long you been in the business, Vince? Well, I've been uh, working with my father since you know before I was probably supposed to. So it's been <laughs> over twenty years. You know. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Is uh, how Sale doing these days? Is, is he? Oh, he's still very active in the Okay. Stores, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he goes all. We have three locations: one in Elmhurst, Addison, and our Villa Park location. That's where Chris is going to show up. That's our newest store. Uh, our first store was in our. It was in Elmhurst that he opened in 1986. So we've been a family-owned business since 1986. So love it. Big Blackhawks fans, I'm assuming. Oh, for sure. Yeah, always. Uh, uh, you know, I like to see him do a little bit better, you know, than the last couple of years. But uh, hey, I, I, I hear you. You know, they, they, they got the plan. That they got the plan. It's in motion, and that's uh, that's why we're here to spread the good word of it. Even though it exactly, might right. might take a little bit. All right, Vince, this has been awesome. Uh, again, this is Vince Leota, president of Sales Beverage World. This is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's next Monday. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Chris Chelios will be there. We'll have our show from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come on out. Get a bottle of El Bandito Yankee Tequila. Get that signed or bring a piece of memorabilia to get that signed. Do I have that all correct? Yep, that's correct. I appreciate you having me on, and I can't wait to see you guys next Monday. Yeah, likewise, Vince. All right, take care. We'll see you next week.
All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. That's Vince Leota, again, president of Sales Beverage World. Uh, we'd love to see you out there. Our first live, Blackhawks Live, too. I think the first one ever, I want to say. This show had originated uh, in 2020 with uh, Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi. And unfortunately, uh, there was not much travel in those days. In fact, I think they were both doing the show from their homes at that time. So it got transitioned. Uh, for the past couple of years, and that'll be our first live Blackhawks Live. So really putting uh, the the truth to the name. But uh, yeah, it'll be a blast. Can't wait to sit down with Chris Chelios. Uh, been getting to know his daughter through the broadcast lately. It's it's great to pick her hockey brain, and she always gets to talk about how she gets to pick his hockey brain, so it's all been very cool, all-in-the-family type stuff. We've got more when we come back. Colby Cohen joins us, and David Jennings has your news next. You're listening to Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Blackhawks Live rolling on until 9 o'clock tonight. Hawks are coming off a 3-0 shutout over Carolina. Rather, against Carolina. They fell 3-0. And now they welcome in the St. Louis Blues tomorrow night, who are actually one of the hotter teams in the NHL after getting off to a rough start. We bring in Colby Cohen. You've heard him on the TV broadcast. You've heard him on the radio broadcast. And now he joins us on Blackhawks Live for the first time. Colby, thanks so much for staying up late with us tonight. I thought you'd be gassed out, maybe a long uh, roller blade ride with your dog Oliver or something, but uh, appreciate you making some time for us. You know, Joe, I always say i got to do more stuff with you because you give me the best intros, but I, I'm sure the people listening are, oh, no, more of this guy? Come on. <laughs> no, no, that's that's not what we're here for, Colby. We're here to promote your hockey knowledge because you know what I actually I need your help um I had a caller last night in the post game show and he wants to see he was pretty livid not livid but he was he was pretty animated he wants to see more shots just from the blue line whether that's the obviously the defensemen are, are the key components of that but he just wants to see more slap shots coming from the blue line does that guy have a point well it depends. Was he specific about slap shots, or was it just shots in general? I think because, I think just shots in general, yeah. Okay, all right. Because, you know, look, I think the slap shot, we'll start there, is, is kind of a dying breed in the NHL because players have gotten so good at blocking shots that you almost have to be creative at this point to get shots through from the blue line. But I agree with him. Look, I, I think that um, this team – is a, uh, a team that has to stick to their structure and, and has to not bite themselves in, in the ass. But I do think, you know, creating more chaos at the net is something that would suit them well, not, not necessarily looking for that extra pass. You know, I saw a couple of opportunities from guys. Uh, you know, I remember, I think maybe Philip Bruce had an opportunity that uh, Luke Richardson told us about today, Joe. You were there. Yeah, on um, the power play, oppor- right? Exactly. Just opportunities to get pucks to the net. And look, you know, Patrick Kane, he, he has the, the, the freedom to make the extra play because he's a Hall of Famer, and, and he probably knows better than the rest of us. But the rest of the group, you know, for the most part, especially the decor, they, they can get more shots through, and, and that's something they work on in practice with Kevin Dean. Uh, who's the defensive coach every day. And, and, you know, I played for Kevin for three years, and I do know that's a huge emphasis for him is working on lateral movement on the blue line, getting shots through. And, and look, I think that more shots is more chaos, and, and I think this team can create more ugly-looking goals 
you know, with chaos around the net. So, you know, long answer, but I, I think you're, your caller from last night makes a, makes a really fair assessment and point. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, too. Um, I, I did, I'll be honest, I thought he was coming in with a big meatball-headed approach because, you know, he was saying, we need guys like Jalmerson and Keith and Seaver. I'm like, you just named some of the best Blackhawks defensemen that have ever, ever played the game. Um, but it, it does make sense because that's also kind of the makeup of this team, Colby. It's It's not star-studded offensive scorers anymore that make up this roster. It's it's a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things, and when they all pitch in, when they all stick to the structure, it pays off. And as long as they're outworking their opponent, then they can outchance them. Um, I, I think the best example of that is Saturday night's game against Anaheim. I mean, you got Tenorti scoring two goals and one by Philip Roos. I mean, that is just a key example of the Blackhawks buying into their system doing what they need to do, and throwing it towards the net. Um, I, I know you were here last year, but it, it, this is just so different than the Blackhawks' years of the past where they try to rely on so much offensively skilled players. It's it's nice to see a consistent approach coming from this team. Look, a lot of that, you know, you got to credit Luke Richardson. And you were at nobody's there around this team more than you are. I mean, you're at every practice, every pregame skate. You know, I try to keep pace with you, but I do miss a day here and there. So, so you've seen it's it's true, Joe. I know, but you only you only know that because you're there too. I know, but but you know, if I miss a day, I'll text you to find out what's going on because I know you're always there, but. My point being is, as you've seen from the day Luke opened training camp, they spent a lot of time in the defensive zone. They spent a lot of time in the neutral zone creating structure. Not so much a system, right, but structure. Giving the players automatic opportunities, automatic looks, you know, creating an atmosphere where players know where other players are going to be. Um, and, and, you know, creating consistency. And, you know, this team has to be opportunistic like they were in Anaheim. You know, they didn't light Anaheim on fire. They didn't even play great that night. But what they did was was they were opportunistic. They waited for mistakes to be made, and then they capitalized. And the reality for them was, in that Anaheim game, the, the worst mistakes that they made came in the first, I don't know, five minutes of the game, ten minutes of the game. And then they... They cleaned it up a little bit from there, and, and I think that that's what's going to be important for this team moving forward to win hockey games. Is uh, they're going to have to be patient. You know, they're gonna they're going to have first periods where they don't get a ton of shots all the time, um, and they're going to have to maybe adopt a little bit of the way Carolina, maybe a little bit of the way the Islanders play. They're patient. They draw you in. They let you think that you have a lot of possession. But then when you look at the numbers at the end of a period, and the only numbers that I'm really referring to are the high-danger scoring chances because they're getting the goaltending that's going to save, um, you know, make saves that are not high-danger chances. Soderblom, uh, Stalock, and Mrazek have all made all the saves that they should make uh, so far this year. And when you look at the grade-A scoring chances every night, they're pretty low, and they're not necessarily getting – Yes, the shots might be 14 to 7, but the grade A scoring chances are 4 to 3. And, you know, that can be deceiving. It can be frustrating for fans at times, but that is the recipe for this team 
with this roster to have success right now. No, I, I agree with you there because I even think that that was the high danger chances was favoring the Hawks in last night's game against Carolina, which would be like you just said, hard to believe. It, it was it was tough for me to dissect that game against Carolina just because the Hawks had really no opportunity to get anything going offensively. I mean, was there anything you were displeased by the Hawks' play, or is that just Carolina's too good of a team to really get anything going? And, and the more that happens, the more difficult it is to get something going. Carolina is probably... I would say one of two teams in the NHL that are that disciplined with the puck. Uh, You know, them and the Islanders are just so difficult the way they take away the middle of the ice. Uh, Their third forward is always high. I mean, the Hawks just, look, they couldn't get out of their own zone. Uh, They, Carolina came down the wall incredibly well. They won puck battles. Look, we, we, (laughs) we were beat by a better hockey team last night. Mm -hmm. Carolina, did what we want to do, and they did it better. And and they've had the same team now for a couple of years. They, they bring in one or two new pieces. Um, and, you know, they got some injuries, but it doesn't matter because when you have a team that has that strict and tight of structure and you've got a core that's been together for that long, which they, they now are. I mean, this is the same core for the last, like, four seasons almost. You know, you're, you're, they're going to win hockey games. And, you know, you look at the way they generated some of their offense from the point, um, you know, and, and getting pucks out as, as humanly fast as possible as they can. And, you know, they, they did what the Hawks want to do, but they did it better. And I, was I displeased? No. I was definitely not displeased. They lost to a better hockey team. You will hear this coming from hockey players' mouths from now until the end of time. There are nights where you tip your cap to the other team, and I certainly felt like the Carolina game was one of those. Um, I go back to, let's say, the other game where they lost you know, in a shutout in Winnipeg. Like That night, I felt like they didn't quite bring the energy, the physicality uh, to win a hockey game. you know. But, but last night, they played physical. They started all right. Um, you know, there were some bumps and bruises along the way. I think some, some, some mistakes by, by a couple of defensemen that, that are younger players, um, you know, and, and made some costly mistakes. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on uh, St. Louis tomorrow. I think that it's an, incredibly, an incredible test on home ice. Um, you're playing against the St. Louis Blues. You know, Scott Darling just told the whole city of uh, St. Louis to, to, to eat one. Um, I think, I think that'll, that might draw a little bit of a couple of eyeballs. I bet you they'll be talking about it on their broadcast. Oh, well, it's a TNT game tomorrow night, actually. So we'll see if it creeps in at all, but I just think it's a great opportunity. They were the, the St. Louis blues had a really terrible start. Um, you mentioned they've been playing better as of late, but, but it's a good opportunity for the Hawks to, beat a team that they've really struggled with last year immensely. Well, I know Darren Pang has his Blackhawks connections, but he also has a quite the allegiance to St. Louis, too. Yeah, so, so but you know what, though? I, I laughed when Phil Thompson uh, asked Luke that question today in his, his press conference. Um, and Panger's a professional. I, I, oh, yeah. Uh, Panger, he's going to entertain us no matter where his allegiance lies, no matter who his paychecks come from. 
you know, Panger is uh, one of my favorite broadcasters. I, I really admire his work between the benches and, and uh, you know, hope to, to, to always be able to strive to, all, you know, be as good as he is between the benches because he's just phenomenal. Well, the perfect segue to my next question and possibly last, and we're running out of time here. We're talking with Colby Cohen of the Blackhawks TV broadcast. You've also heard him here on 720 WGN. You probably get the best vantage point out of anybody in between the benches this year, Colby. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put your filter on. Can you can you share any top tier moments so far this year that you've been able to experience down there? Whether it's from the Hawks, from the visiting team, or even the officials. You know, I think that um, you know, for me, I, I I love being in that spot because you're so involved in the game. I I mean, even last night, I really enjoyed. You know, uh, Paul Stasny was a teammate of mine. So getting to interact with him throughout the game last night and, and you know, Brady Shea is another guy I know really well. So it's just, you know, night in and night out, really getting to interact with, with different, you know, players on, on the other teams is really, you know, enjoyable for me. But from a Hawks perspective, you know, the one thing that, that really is always a fresh reminder to me is, is 19 and 88 and just the passion that those two guys play with, you know, Patrick Kane is a, is a is a quiet guy, and and he always has been. You know, going back to high school, playing at the national team, he's always been a quiet guy. He's not. You know, you you talk to him in the locker room. He does media, and 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 you know him and Johnny. You know, Jonathan Taves. Those two guys. I mean, they just they wear the Hall of Fame label on their sweaters and their passion. I mean, even late in the game last night. Uh, Kaner had an opportunity. The play gets broken up. He comes back to the bench, and he's so annoyed at himself. And this is late in the third period. I mean, the game is out of reach. Uh, it's 3 nothing or 4 nothing at this point. And he's still holding himself to the standard of, I need to be the best player on the ice every single shift. And, you know, for me, I was not uh, anywhere close to, to that level or talented of a player, but I got to witness greatness with certain teammates and be around greatness. And it's just a good reminder when I watch how Taves and Kane in particular carry themselves, shift in and shift out, just the emotion that they play with, the standard that they hold themselves to. So then when they do voice something to a teammate, there's nothing you can say because those are those guys are are holding themselves to that. And um, you know, I always knew this about Patrick Kane, but I didn't really know it about Jonathan Taves because I just didn't. You know, I never really got to be this up close and personal with him, except for you know maybe being against him on the ice. So um, it, it's it's something that I I it, you know admire about those players. It, it's something that reminds me why they're so great, why they're Hall of Fame, why they're the 1% of the 1% of athletes. Right. Um, and honestly, I, I'm appreciative that I, I get to be down there and I get to be involved in that and I get to witness it night in and night out. And, and there are times where I might hear certain things on the bench that, um, you know, you, you can't always repeat them because, you know, they're swear words and there's this and that, but you know, just the passion from those two players in particular, even in a game where they're losing 4 nothing, and, and it's not frustration towards others. It, it's passion and it's expectation um, and it's accountability. And, 
I, I appreciate that in, in athletes, and, and I appreciate that in, in the greatest athletes, um, and, and I admire it. For sure. Who wouldn't? That's cool. That's really cool, Kobe. Uh, hey, man, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And, uh, well, what? Will I see you at Morning Skate tomorrow? I mean, you just gave you me this. Will, I will tell you this. You will not see me at, at Morning Skate tomorrow, but I will come in the uh, in the radio booth before puck drop and, you know, make sure I, I bother you a little bit and uh, see what's going on with the pregame show for you guys for uh, WGN tomorrow evening. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll text you because it's an earlier morning skate. I'll wake you up and uh, set you a, a reminder for everything that's going on there so you can get up early and uh, get the blades on and go out with Oliver. I got it. Hey, the dogs need exercise. Hey, you know? I, I mean, Oliver, I'm, not, I'm not ragging on you. I think it's, it kills two birds. It's right. And then the little guy, he's not quite big enough to rollerblade. So, you know, I got him a little sling and I just throw him in the sling and, you know, everybody wins. Everybody gets to come. You get to, you can't pick one of your favorite kids, right? So I, <laughs> everybody's a winner. So just be out on the lookout for Colby Cohen rollerblading with two I'll dogs. In- down the down the six oh six. As many <laughs> anytime it's dry out, I'll be on the six oh six getting getting the dogs a workout in. All right, everyone, keep an eye out for that. Colby, thanks again, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Joe. Have a good show, man. I'll see you tomorrow. You too. That's Colby Cohen of Blackhawks TV. And again, uh, not a stranger here on the Blackhawks Radio Network, 720 WGN as well. Great talk. we got to get to another break, though. Wrap things up when we come back. You're listening to Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. The latest of Blackhawks business is sponsored by the Common Energy Efficiency Program. Don't forget, Marion Hosa's banner-raising ceremony is coming up on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you've got tickets, get there early for the ceremonies. That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live. Big thanks to Jack Heinrich, our producer. Colby Cohen and Vince Liotta for joining in tonight as well. Our next broadcast tomorrow night against the St. Louis Blues. We start the pregame at 6 o'clock, puck drop at 6.30.